the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. The largest demographic in our country is millennials. They now eclipse baby boomers. So we like to check in every once in a while, see what's on their mind. Liz Wolf is the editor of Young Voices. Uh, she is, it's a nonprofit organization, by the way, based out of Washington, D.C., that works with millennial political commentators. Her writing has been published in the Houston Chronicle, Reason Magazine, Daily Beast, USA Today, and the Washington Examiner. Liz, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Hi, how are you, Chris? I'm doing well. You're going to have to educate me on a couple of things because one of your focuses, now I understand the whole abortion debate, don't get me wrong on that, but you're late, you're, don't giggle at me. I mean, I, I just don't know the handmaid's tale. I'm not at Sean berates me and YTK constantly berate me because I am so deficient on some of these shows that are coming up on cable and on Netflix and all this kind of stuff. And, and the handmaid's tale, you use this show to demonstrate the absurdity of a, of a protest against uh, limiting abortion. What was this all about? Yeah, don't worry. I can explain it to you. Um, you're in good hands. <laughs> um, the Handmaid's Tale is basically, it's a show that's been very popular lately. It's played on Hulu. Um, and it's about this really just crazy dystopian reality, um, well, potential reality of, of this republic called Gilead. And it's basically this very theocratic sort of backwards um, authoritarian government where the top male politicians, the ruling class, if you will, they um, sort of hold women as slaves and use them as sort of birthing chattel um, or like human incubators um, because there's a big fertility crisis. And so the concept is in order to keep their country going, they have to reproduce. And since there's so, so many issues with fertility, they use these women as sort of slaves to do so. Um, so it's a very melodramatic take. It's based off of Margaret Atwood's novel um, of the same name, and it's it's a beautifully done show, excellent acting, um, but it's really interesting. It's been used in a lot of protests recently, uh, one in Ohio that I wrote about, and one really recently in Washington, D.C., where pro-choicers dress up as handmaids and sort of draw that comparison between this horrible, horrible, theocratic, authoritarian regime and what we're currently experiencing today with the abortion rights debate. And it's a really strange um, way of expressing that message to me. Strange, and of course, it, it doesn't comport with reality, which is uh, mm -hmm. symptomatic of, of, of our political opposition. Another thing that's on your mind, and, and i, I got to ask you why you chose to write about this. I mean, I, I don't mind that you did. Uh, it's just something that doesn't occur, occur to us in, in, in normal, normal conversation or normal political parlance. Smarter design for Skid Row, and you focused in on... Something going out in Los Angeles, yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my goal as a conservative libertarian writer is basically to communicate to people that um, a lot of the messaging, especially to young people, it, it doesn't, so many young people are liberal these days, right? And I want to communicate to them that it's not, that a lot of their assumptions about Republicans or conservatives aren't necessarily right. And so even if we don't favor a government approach to certain issues, we still want to solve things like poverty and homelessness. So I was really studying these nonprofits and these new projects um, that are attempting to use design to create better, smarter, safer homeless shelters for the homeless. Um, so, yeah, that was published in City Lab actually yesterday. Hmm. Okay. So the whole idea is to provide uh, the homeless folks with 
what something bare bones, uh, a roof over their head, uh, with these small, uh, energy efficient, easy to, and, and cheap uh, houses. Is that what they're or these these? Uh, yeah. what, what are they? What are they? What are they called? They're well. They have a few different names. There's the Micropads Project. Um, there's a project going on in Seattle. Generally, the most generic term could be like prefabricated housing pods. Mm-hmm. And they tend to be very small. They tend to range from about 190 to 400 square feet. Um, so definitely smaller than your average city apartment, for example. Um, but one, some of these projects, the pods are already constructed typically in China, and they can be transported on the back of an 18-wheeler. So you can typically fit, fit three of these little tiny houses on the back of a truck. Um, and then and, this, is, and this is done and this is done as a solution to a homelessness problem instead of opening up all these shelters they just house them mm-hmm. now, now where do they get the property for this well a lot of the times it's it's nice because since you don't have to deal with going through the really onerous um, zoning regulation process you have a lot more flexibility in terms of the size of lot you can choose um, so it's it's really interesting part of the reason is because a lot of homeless people are um, resistant to going to shelters. A lot of the times there's issues with bed bugs, with lice, with disease transmission, with theft. There's some really awful stuff that goes on, and a lot of us aren't aware of it because we don't, you know, sort of have a, a front line, uh, front row seat I, to these I issues. I get it. I get it, yeah, and, and they're temporary structures, so you don't need to go through all the, the permitting and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Uh, uh, Liz uh, Wolf is our guest, folks, editor, for uh, the chief editor for Young Voices. Last thing I wanted to talk to you about is to get your perspective on on the tweeting habits of the president of the United States. <laughs> what, how, how are millennials processing what they're seeing from this administration? Well, I think millennials are, and everybody, honestly, um, is sort of being distracted from the, the main issues right now. I mean, if you look at all these scandals related to CNN's coverage of Russia, if you look at these scandals related to Morning Joe, it's really unreasonable the amount of time we're devoting to these things. Um, and it's distracting from these real issues. So I think Trump sort of, President Trump uses this as um, a means to, of getting free press time. Um, and he sort of does what he wants, right? He's a very powerful man. And I now, wish now, he focused a lot more on the real issues at play here. Doesn't sound to me like you're as outraged as maybe some of these baby boomers who uh, occupy the sets of, of MSNBC and CNN, it sounds to me like the millennials are taking this more in stride than maybe the rest of the, the rest of the country. Well, I think we're sort of used to it right now, right? I mean, this yeah. is nothing new. This is what President Trump has been doing for months and months now. And at least my take, perhaps this isn't how everybody's processing it, but I think we should be processing it with a little bit more um, of a sense of, prioritization of real issues we're we're really letting us letting this distract us i agree you know i mean here you've got a tweet that the president puts out and the reason why he gets so much attention is because they can beat him up over it but he tweets out all the time when he tweets about policy nobody pays attention on these so-called <laughs> news networks liz wolf is her name folks as she is the chief editor for young voices check out her stuff at uh, the washington examiner houston chronicle daily beast usa today Uh, Thank you so much. Happy 4th of July, Liz. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Thank you so much, Chris. Happy 4th to you, too.